The name's Bond. James Bond. So, Parth, what have you been eating? Started over. You clipped. Fuck. So, so Parth, what have you been eating? Thank you for asking me correctly the first time, Trent. Um, we have a podcast. This is true. I most recently had Maggie noodles. Um, what are those? They're, they're, you can get them in Indian stores. You just you heat them up in two minutes, and uh, boom, Bob's your uncle, you know? And you eat them real quick. It's just noodles. It's like ramen noodles, basically. Cool. Lee, what'd you have? I wanted to get into the... I, I'll tell you what I've been drinking. Cool. Oh, please. Hey, this what? is a first for the show. I wanted to get into the mood for this. So I'm drinking some McKellen. Uh-huh. Mm. This was this showed up in Skyfall. Uh-huh. It's like his favorite whiskey or scotch. I thought you were going to say uh, you're drinking a martini, shaken, not stirred. Shaken, not stirred. Vodka martini? Shaken, not stirred. Should I have said vodka martini sent up? Shaken, not stirred. Miss Kennedy, would you get me a medium dry vodka martini? What a Shaken, I... not stirred. Vodka martini, okay? Shaken. Not stirred. Vodka martini. Shaken. Not stirred. James Bond. Charming, sophisticated secret agent. <laughs> Shaken, but not disturbed. I wish. I wish. I thought about it, but I have none of this stuff. That'd be too cheeky. Yeah. Cheeky. Yeah, this is only moderately cheeky. Park, you should have wore your tuxedo... Oh, true. Mm, Good point. I I just came from Panera Bread because uh, I, for some reason, feel it's hard for me to sit down and watch a full film on my uh, small laptop in my room at home. So I go to Panera Bread and use their Wi-Fi. And the last thing I ate was a small cookie from there so I can be considered a customer so I can use their Wi-Fi for several hours. All right. Should we cut to the main portion of the show now? Welcome back to Craft Services. Our show. Talk- Thank you, Trent. Where we talk about the movies. Each week we talk about a film and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about the picture. Uh, last week, what did we talk about? And who did we talk with? Last week we had casting director Debbie McWilliams from Casino Royale. Was she delightful? Yes, she was. She was wonderful. Yeah, she worked on the past 14 James Bond movies. She's worked with four Bonds. She's cast three of them. Yeah, she cast everyone in this movie since it was yeah. sort of the uh, starting from scratch phase. Um, and she was a great woman, and you should listen to that interview. And if you don't want to, just keep listening to this episode. But also listen to that interview. Listen but to Trent, that one immediately after. Trent, um, b- forgive me if I'm wrong, but in that intro that we recorded just, you know, three minutes ago, there was a there was a whisper of a third man in this A third this conversation, party, indeed. Right? Yes. And this is... Tell me, are you associated with this man? Yeah, Lee uh, came to my parents' house the other day to borrow their vacuum, and they told me that Lee hasn't returned the vacuum yet. I, and uh... and they said that I should wait until we're recording, and I have a strict attention to call him out for not returning the vacuum. But we'll get to that later. During this vacuum-stealing venture... He came over and he said, oh, didn't know Trent had a podcast because I don't ask about what he's up to that often. Because he doesn't care about you that much, right? But now that I know, 
apparently he has uh, a vested interest in James Bond, and he said, if you ever do a Bond film, I'd love to be on the show. And here you are. Oh, and here I am. And I will have that vacuum cleaner back soon. Yes. Um, Lee, but we have a, a small anecdote we want you to share, and it revolves around a video rental store. And... This is a film-related pod, so this loosely connects, and it's a good story. Let's hear it. So it's, so it's definitely film-related, but only very loosely. Um, Enough to tell it on this program. Yeah, so when I was in high school, um, for some reason, all I wanted to do was, uh, I don't know, get chased by the cops and do illegal stuff. So we would sneak out of my friend's house at like <laughs> 3 a.m. Every, every weekend and just, I don't know, do stupid stuff cause trouble cause just cause general mayhem destruction and mayhem some people just like to watch yeah. the world burn absolutely absolutely I, at that point in my life i just wanted to watch the world burn and um you know we live in a society that much is true yeah, we, compared yeah, we, yeah. we do compared we to now Lee, where you're helping the people of the world you've really turned a new leaf the short version of this, the long story is that me and my friend couldn't think of could think of nothing better to do then pull a stop sign out of the ground and chuck it through the window of a video rental store. Oh my god. So was it like an attack? Was it like fuck this? Did video you have any store? yeah, did you have like beef with them or no. was it just it was no a beef. random completely no, no beef, random act of violence. And so was the thought we're gonna break through this specific store so we can go in and take their stuff? No, no. We did not plan any B and E. We did not enter it. Uh-huh. We were just just B. only B. We were just we were just uh, assholes. Yeah, we were just complete assholes and decided to break this guy's uh, this window. We paid for it afterwards, and well, then it's fine. Well, yeah. Well, we we broke the window. The cops got called. I got away. <laughs> <laughs> my friend didn't, and then he uh, ratted me out. So I got caught. But it ended up being a good thing. It ended up being a good thing, because after that, I kind of straightened my life out. Well, you're, this is definitely the short version, because you've given me a live performance, and I got the long version. And the one one pivotal detail you're missing is the beret. How is a beret involved in this? <laughs> for for some reason, I we would dress all in black, and I had a beret. When you were out at night to do your crimes. Yes, to do our criminal activities. And I had a beret on. And, um, were you part of the French secret police? <laughs> or the Black I Panther was, Party? <laughs> I, so, what's funny is I actually ran away from the cops with the beret on. Yeah. <laughs> got away, got back to my house, changed, and then the cops came and picked me up. So, um... Yeah, didn't the I cops was, call your house, and they're like, we're coming for you? And, call, and, and then you me. did a costume change? They called me, I did a quick costume change, <laughs> quick costume change. You can't get caught as a French ninja in Piscataway, New Jersey. So, I got caught arrested and when i was at the police station the cop was like i were you wearing something else i could have swore you were dressed differently i was like oh no 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 no, no. This, this, is, this is what i had on so uh, tate said that you that like you went out wearing your beret like all proud and then something like they slammed you onto the ground and the beret rested there in is, the parking lot for all of mankind like there for, is I swear to God, this story probably changes every time I tell it. Yeah. And I could tell an hour-long version of the story, but I don't want to take up all your time. Nor do I think your listeners want to listen to my stupid <laughs> vandalism story. I did get violently slammed against a cop car at the tender age of 16. 
The, the, the one other detail I like is something about when you broke free, you were running on a vineyard on top of, like, a wooden structure, and then that collapsed, and by some act of God, that is what helped you get away. So this is, this is absolutely, yeah, this part doesn't change. I ran through people's backyards, and one of their backyards, they have, they have like, a great vineyard. So I jumped the fence, and the vineyard was so thick that it was almost like you were, like, you jumped it. It was the same height as the fence, so it was like you are back on ground again. So I just got on top of that and started running. So I was running across this great vineyard. The cop is trying to slam his way through the fence. And then I just collapse through these grapevines. Honestly, probably something you could might see in a James Bond movie one day. That sounds ah, pretty cool. Falling, falling giving giving us a little here. segue. Dry martini. Oui, monsieur. Wait. Three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of quinoa lily. Shake it over rice and then add a thin slice of lemon peel. Yes, sir. You know, I'll have one of those. So will I. Certainly. My friend, bring me one as well. Keep the fruit. That's it? Hmm? Anyone want to play poker now? So Casino Royale is our film for today. Uh, Trent, you want to you wanna give me the synopsis and budget? Maybe the box yes. office if you're feeling peachy? Yeah, after earning 00 status and a license to kill, secret agent James Bond sets out on his first mission as 007. Bond must defeat a private banker funding terrorists in a high-stakes game of poker at Casino Royale Montenegro. The budget was $158 million, and the box office was $616.5 million. Parth, you want to you want Pretty swoop? big success. Yeah, yeah. We want to swoop in with the production history. So starting back in 1954, Casino Royale had been produced as a television episode which starred Barry Nelson as James Bond and Peter Lorre as the villain Le Chiffre, as well as a non-canonical 1967 ensemble comedy satirical film starring David Niven, Peter Sellers, and Woody Allen. Eon Productions gained the rights to Casino Royale in 1999 after Sony's Pictures exchanged the rights for Spider-Man with MGM. In March 2004, Neil Purvis and Robert Wade began writing a screenplay for Pierce Brosnan as Bond. Paul Haggis came on for rewrites where he changed the climax of the film specifically. Paul Haggis stated that he wanted to do for Bond what Batman Begins did for Batman, in quotes. Uh, producers Broccoli and Wilson were mindful that Die Another Day had become too fantastical and used too many visual effects, and they wanted to bring it back down to a realistic and grounded level. In February 2005, Martin Campbell, who previously directed GoldenEye, was announced as the film's director. Brosnan officially announced that he was stepping down from the role in February 2004, and over 200 names were considered for Pierce Brosnan's replacement. According to director Martin Campbell, Henry Cavill was the only other actor in serious contention for the role, but he was deemed too young at 22 years old. You can hear all about the casting phase with our episode from last week. Nice. Um, yeah, a little plug. A year beforehand, Daniel Craig rejected the idea of starring because he felt that the series had defended had descended into formula and he only became interested once he had read the script director matthew vaughn had told reporters that mgm offered him the opportunity to direct the new film but eon productions at that point had not approached either of them craig read all of ian fleming's novels to prepare for the part and cited the Mossad and british secret service agents who served as advisors on the set of munich as inspiring on october 14th 2005 eon productions 
and Sony formally announced Daniel Craig as Bond, which led to a lot of controversy with many critics and fans expressing doubt that they had made the right choice. On February 16, 2006, French actress Eva Green was announced to play the part of Vesper. Principal photography began on January 3, 2006 and concluded on July 20, 2006. The film was primarily shot at Barandov Studios in Prague with additional location shooting in the Bahamas, Italy, and the UK, and the shoot concluded at Pinewood Studios. The soundtrack for Casino Royale featured music composed by David Arnold, and this was his fourth soundtrack for the film series. And Chris Cornell was chosen to compose and perform the title song, You Know My Name. The song's main notes are played through the film as a substitute for Bond's main theme uh, to represent his youth and inexperience. The classic Bond theme only plays during the end credits to signal the climax of his character arc. Trent, hit me with some fun facts. Director Quentin Tarantino expressed interest in directing an adaptation of Casino Royale, but Eon was not interested. He claims to have worked behind the scenes with the Fleming family and believed this was the reason why filmmakers finally went ahead with Casino Royale. Tarantino also said he would have said it in the 1960s and would have only made it with Pierce Brosnan as Bond. That would have been cool. Um, in, yep. the shower, in the shower scene, Vesper was originally scripted to be wearing nothing but her underwear, but Daniel Craig argued that Vesper would not have stopped to take her clothes off, and the scene was changed. King Daniel Craig. Yeah, King Daniel Craig, and also, but it could, because it's totally not a sexual scene at all, and then he starts sucking her fingers later, and that was confusing. Well. I know, I know, you can't win them all. Um, the car barrel roll stump by the Aston Martin DBS broke the world record for the most barrel rolls assisted by an air cannon. Originally, the racing specifications of the DBS meant that a standard ramp would not be sufficient to get the car to roll, so the special effects team were called in to install an air-powered cannon behind the driver's seat. This allowed the car to roll a complete seven full rolls. This stunt was officially entered into the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, and in one afternoon, uh, they did this. They destroyed three $300,000 cars. This was the first film to show James Bond as a rookie M- MI6. In all previous movies, he had been a long-term spy. Um, for, this is the first James Bond movie approved by Chinese censors. Interesting. This first Bond movie in 44 years where it rains. Having Pierce Brosnan return for a fifth engagement as James Bond would have cost the producers $30 million. That's why we, you know, tried something new. And this is the first movie since Dr. No where there were no new dancing females during the opening title sequence. And as much as Daniel Craig. Yeah, King Daniel Craig. And as much as I like new dancing females, the opening title sequence is still fucking awesome. Yes, I, I don't. I, this this was my first Bond movie. Maybe they're all like that, but this one was cool. A- right. and are we are we going to move into one uh, Trent's reviews. creation? All right. So this is. Wait, are we saying the names? Are we shouting these people out? Or? Are we talking about sure. George Goldberg? Yeah, he's okay, got okay, to okay. know we're talking. He's gotta about. He's got to pay for his so, crimes. Yeah. So George Goldberg. Noisy chases and more noisy chases. Seventeen minutes in, and there has been nothing but loud, very loud chases. A couple of killings, some more chases, and just unbearable noise. Maybe something interesting happens in a while, but when I've spent 17 minutes with my head vibrating from the racket and have no idea why two people are dead and the third one is being (laughs) chased, I'm done. 
I, I loved Fantastic. reading. Yeah, I loved reading the review the reviews from these because using words like racket, it they're clearly British, or at least I think so. And they used a lot of a lot of the reviewers were angry British, which I guess yeah. is probably the target audience. But it was nice. Parth, you're up. So this is from T minus. Great name, senseless killing of Africans. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. This is this is this is why it was given to me. The yeah. only non-white one, right? Okay. Right in the beginning, there is an extraordinary chasing that takes place in Madagascar between Bond and a man from Namibia. The Namib... The Namibia... <laughs> fuck! <laughs> Are you talking about the Nim... The Namibia... Yeah, 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 no. Namibia? The, what was that? The Go. Namibians... Nice. Fuck, I had it! Thanks, Trent. The Namibian runs uh-huh. for his life from Bond, who supposedly wants the man alive. It's an incredible chase scene. Amazing athleticism. The Namibian finally makes it to the Namibia. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Wait, to what embassy? <laughs> the Namibia embassy. Uh-huh. In which Bond breaks into the embassy, shoots and kills the Namibian, and blows up the... Em- I'll just add it. It's not even in the review. The Namibian embassy and everyone in it. Huh? Made me sick. No class. This, have- this is like this is like not even factually true. Explain like he does kill. He he does kill people, but like he does not blow the entire. Like he does not kill everybody. Yeah, he shoots it, it the cuts propane to a, tank. It cuts and- a it cuts to a reaction shot of not dead Namibians. I don't think he kills one person. No, he he definitely shoots the one guy he was chasing. Yeah, but then despite yeah, the, ter- the terrorist, yeah, the it bomb shows maker. It shows a huge explosion, and, and, and they say one less bomb maker in the world. Yeah, no, but the huge explosion, granted, should have killed all those people, and the filmmakers went through great lengths to be like, I he only killed so many Namibians. Um, Namibians. And so, so I think T minus is misplacing his. Uh, I don't know, his anger. I, th- I think he's mad at something else, and he's projecting. All right, well, this last one's by Richard Bluestein, um, and it says, movie has no color. Um, and it says, movie comes up in black and white, <laughs> dot, 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 not color. Which, I want to make fun of Richard Bluestein. It's ironic, he has a color in his name. But um, I have to sympathize with the man. For the first few minutes, I thought, since I'm pirating this illegally... Is that just the price I pay that, for whatever reason, it's in black and white? And then, during the title sequence, I was pleasantly surprised by a burst of color. But I was just going to sit through it. Mm. I actually wonder what the whole movie would look like in black and white. Yeah, it li- it looks cool. Release the black and white cut. I like it as a creative choice to just do it for five minutes and then not mention it again. But it seems like Richard Bluestein turned it off simply because it was in black and white. And that was enough of a deal breaker yeah, he, for him he to write it this... Once- he rated it one star after seeing the first, like, five minutes of the movie. I think him and that Goldberg guy need to get together because they're both grouches that can't watch movies for more than ten minutes. Well, let's, get, let's give the first guy some credit. He made it 17 minutes in. You know, James, I just want you to know that if all that was left of you was your smile and your little finger, you'd still be more of a man than anyone I've ever met. That's because you know what I can do with my little finger. I have no idea. But we're aching to find out. I mean, we're, we're doing this because No Time to Die is supposed to come out soon, but let's hope the pandemic doesn't change that. Um, but we have a guest. Yeah, Lee, and... how, how do you feel about the current status of the James Bond cinematic universe? Where do you stand on No Time to Die? Where does Casino Royale fall into your ranking system? Let's hear it. Let's hear all of your thoughts. 
Well, I definitely, I'm, I can't wait for it to come out. I really can't. I love old man Bond. I love like following Daniel Craig from when he's younger mm-hmm. to getting now. older, and he's supposed to be out. Like he, like the last movie, right. he, he walked away. Oh, but he's coming back. But he's coming back. So what was the last one? One last mission. Spectre. Yeah. Uh-huh. But people didn't like Spectre. But people liked Skyfall. That, yeah? well, that's the curse of the Craig movies, that it's supposed to be great one, meh. Great one, meh. You have Casino Royale, which is fantastic. Quantum, which, meh. Mm-hmm. Like Skyfall, which was amazing. Uh-huh. Spectre, which was meh. But on this trajectory, the next one will be amazing. And then, they'll, and then they'll stop on an upbeat. I'm really hoping. So where does Daniel Craig... Have you seen all of the Bond iterations? And is Daniel Craig your guy compared to the oh. many other Bonds? Dude, I, I used to own every possible James Bond movie there was on VHS. Like, I loved it. I've, I've seen all of them multiple times. All right, so Par- Parth and I were talking... Uh, off camera, the, uh, here we have a ranking of all the James Bond movies. What do you think are the top five, if you were to guess? In no specific order. Yeah. I would have to say From Russia with Love, Skyfall, License to Kill with Timothy Dalton. I mean, Casino Royale is awesome. And then uh, probably another uh, Sean Connery one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, your, your guessing was very good. Uh, From Russia with Love is there. Uh, Doctor No, Goldfinger, Skyfall, and Casino Royale. So you got three out of five. That's very, that's very good. What are you doing here? Some men are coming to kill us. We're going to kill them first. Well, what, what do you think of Casino Royale as a whole? Like, uh, what's like, it doing? What, 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 what itches it scratching? Yeah, Parth, good stuff. What I really liked about Casino Royale was there seemed to be more at stake. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the old Bond movies, I mean, no matter what was happening in the movie, James Bond was going to get the girl, he was going to beat the bad guy, everything was going to be all right, and then the music was going to cue, and he was going to kind of just drive off in the sunset. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that in Casino Royale, he lost. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, like, we said that in the production history that Paul Haggis said that he wanted to essentially make this the Batman Begins of the franchise, and I think they kind of succeed. I mean, it's weird. Kind of all of the Daniel Craig movies follow that they're kind of reactions to whatever's popular at the time. Like, I think Casino Royale is pretty clearly, I mean, obviously riffing off of Batman Begins. Quantum of Solace is kind of like a Bourne-ish type movie. Skyfall is a little bit more like the Dark Knight, and I don't know where Spectre falls in this, but it it, it came in a year where there was a lot of classic type spy movies, and uh, I think like Casino Royale does a pretty good job of kind of stripping away a lot of like, I mean if you go with the Batman Begins analogy, before Batman Begins there was Batman and Robin, which was just absolute madness and ridiculousness, <laughs> and Batman Begins kind of strips it down, takes away all the crazy effects, takes away all of the, you know, ridiculousness, commercialness of it all, and just makes a good movie. And I think you kind of have the same thing with, like, Die Another Day is this, like, absolute madness, torrential rainstorm of a movie. And then Casino Royale comes in and is like, no, we're going to make a character movie. We're going to make, you know, as much of a character movie as we can make. James so movie. was that was the franchise headed in a bad direction of just becoming too goofy? Is that the crime? I think. So. I mean, th- that that was kind of the problem that they were facing was that they'd 
made it and i don't really i don't hate die another day i just it's kind of it is like over the top there's a sequence in which james bond is uh surfboarding with a parachute uh on a A tidal wave formed by an iceberg that shears off yeah is that the one with the invisible car too i think i think yeah it kind of it just went a little bit off it it uh it jumped the shark as it were yeah all those words you just said were pretty overstimulating and of themselves you had me at invisible car, and I, I, I mean, like Casino Royale is like, I mean, you I, don't even hear the main theme until the end, and that's when he, okay, now he's James Bond. So it does, it does a pretty cool origin story, I think. I mean, before you said it was kind of like a character-driven movie, and I think that's the best part about some of the Craig movies. Well, in Casino Royale, there's like three really prominent characters. There's Bond. Mm-hmm. There's Eva Green, who gets. Uh, is fantastic yes honestly like she probably should have had more screen time and then um Lashif, which mm-hmm. gets a lot of build-up as a villain and i think that's probably the strength of this movie that um they give a little more time to everyone around bond because we already know bond it, inherently just it, even me i've never seen an installment of the franchise and yeah, i was just gonna say you, you 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 told me off camera that this was like your first actual bond movie so what did what did what do you think? And if they spent too much time holding my hand trying to explain that this guy was a spy, I w- even uh, even me, a beginner, would have been kind of annoyed by it. Um, what did I think? Um, in a fucked up way, seeing Austin Powers before I'd seen this changes the way I look at it. Danger Powers personal effects. Actually, my name is Austin Powers. It says here, name Danger Powers. No, 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 no. Danger's my middle name. Okay, Austin Danger Powers. One blue crushed velvet suit. Hey, all right. One frilly lace cravat. There it is. One silver medallion with male symbol. One pair of Italian boots. Buongiorno, boys. One vinyl record album, Bert Bacharach. Plays his hits. Hey, bro. Yeah. One Swedish made penis enlarger pump. That's not mine. One credit card receipt for Swedish made penis enlarger signed by Austin Powers. I'm telling you, baby, that's not mine. One warranty card for Swedish made penis enlarger pump filled out by. Austin Powell. I don't even know what this is. This sort of thing ain't my bag, baby. <laughs> One book, Swedish made penis and larger pumps and me. This sort of thing is my bag, baby. By Austin Powers. I the Duck, another podcast, talked about seeing Spaceballs before you see Star Wars and how it kind of, how that. This is now be... just not funny Star Wars, or this is not funny Spaceballs now. And and I love Austin Powers so much, but even though this movie was made after Austin Powers... How did you think it stood as a movie on its own? It's a little self-serious, which may be in juxtaposition to the scatteredness of the previous movies is exactly what it needed to get back on course. But I, I wrote down, Daniel Craig in a suit and or swimsuit is awesome. Then I wrote, Mads Mikkelsen is also awesome. And then I wrote, Eva Green... Her too. Her also is awesome. So the the I, I like what you said about the trio of spreading out the screen time between these three actors who really know what they're doing. Well, because then you care. 
And you actually yeah. care when they're interacting with each other and they're talking with each other. I, a complaint I had was that in the first half of the movie, they, like, try to have, like, minor villains, like, building up to Lashir? Lashif. excuse me. And I thought that, like, there was an Italian guy with a really attractive wife. Like, that guy was insignificant. Mathis. Yeah, and just the whole first hour of the movie before we were playing poker, I was like, I understand that you were establishing this guy as a capable spy and you gave us some time for some good action set pieces. But until we were playing the namesake Casino Royale, like, just ho- just holding on by my fingernails, being like, I, I guess, sure. Like, explosions, we're punching, we're jumping. So I'm, do you, do you prefer down. the second half to the movie? Uh, th- I, do you prefer the second half to the first half? or? Yes, and I definitely think... I, I I think that there was too much poker, even though that's definitely, like... Uh, uh, the like, movie. That's definitely the movie. Even though it's in the title, uh, for some reason I thought it wouldn't be a movie about poker, but for 40-ish minutes, you're watching just full hands of poker. And then I thought, during the last 20 minutes, I was like, well, this movie's over, why are there 20 minutes left? But then I really liked what they did with the last 20 minutes. Because yeah. I thought that it was being too formulaic, and I was like, even I could have saw this coming. He got the girl, he got the money, everything ends well. And then things start to go wrong. And in in a uh, cathartic way, like, I, ne- I needed that. I mean, when he lost when he lost the first time, like, did the all-in, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, my brain did not see how this movie was ending. I was like, is he going to, like... Get back in. Yeah, but, it, it but definitely. Then she it's, said no, and then they introduced Felix Leiter. Who's coming back? Who's coming back for no time? I know, to die. and I wish he was a bigger part of all the movies. Yeah, I, what, I really j- think j- that's just like, the guy who said, "I'll give you money, to, I'll stake you." Well, I mean, if you watched all the movies, Felix mm-hmm. Leiter pops up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a few of them, he's supposed to be like Bond's kind of counterpart in America. Yeah, he's a CIA guy. But I mean, all the best parts of um, besides the action, besides how great Craig is at it are the character interactions like yeah the real like if you look at sky skyfall the real bond girl is m yeah and she's fantastic yeah and and i i kind of wish they played up i mean i get that each bond movie is supposed to be its own thing but i kind of wish they played up the uh characters a bit more if i were to compare it to something like uh, uh another state uh, spy staple mission impossible if 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 you will um the last few, and everybody that listens to this podcast knows that I'm a huge Mission Impossible fan. Um, if you look at the last few movies, they've made an effort to bring back characters, and not from the dead, but uh, to sort of continue character storylines and uh, you know people that you care about. Whereas the first few movies, they're kind of there's a mission, there's a mission, there's a team, and you will never see those people on that team in another movie again. Um, and I kind of wish. Uh, that these Bond movies allowed you to sort of play with those character dynamics over movies. Um, Is the only people who carry over Bond and M? Bond, M, M's, like, assistant comes back, and Jeffrey Wright occasionally pops in, and then Bond's latest love interest, I think, yeah. carries I mean, over. Money Penny eventually comes in after Skyfall. But, yeah, that's, oh, that's but true. she's only been around for two. She, she was there for Skyfall or, Inspector. Or Skyfall Inspector, that's it. Well, well, here's something. Clearly, in this case, the love interest dies in the end. 
but in all, I'm sure in the uh, every other movie they ride off into the sunset. And how do they get rid of one Bond girl in between installments? Well, no, well, there's always a reason. I think in yeah. in Quantum she just left, right? It, yeah, kind of left mean, him. It's it's like that. I mean, has you brought there never up, you been brought up... a carryover? As in, oh, they're oh, well, still together. This is, the, this is the first. Yeah, this 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 new one where uh, Leia Sadu is coming back. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Where, uh, where she's coming back. That's I think a first. I, and like I, I mean, Craig's run is coming to an end, but I hope with the next iteration, they can try to. You know, I feel like people would like some continuity between. I, I, was, them. I was just gonna say, after twenty six installments, it's kind of ridiculous that this is the first time they're like, well, we don't need a like a younger, newer woman, like. As in, you can have a bond. You can have a bond for six or seven movies, and I know it's the bachelor nature of his character. That, in the same way as Indiana Jones, there's going to be a, a new, a new love interest, and that's part of why you go to the movie, or, or that's what they think. But I think in the the world we live in now, it's in the best interest of the continuity of the franchise to pick a woman and stick with her for a few films. So I have no idea what they're going to do with the next series of movies. Mm-hmm. And the next actor and the next... But I really hope that they kind of follow... And they didn't do it perfectly in these movies, but they tried to link them together in Spectre. Like, if you watch The Mandalorian, there's an overarching story, but each episode is its own little self-contained journey mm-hmm. or, like, adventure. I think that works really well. I think they tried mm-hmm. to do that with the Craig movies kind of, at like, ru- like hurried at the end. But I yeah, think it's kind of retroactive. Way. Yeah, like, uh, you meet these people meet them over movies, get to know them, tons of character development. Well, that's exactly what you, actually dies. That's exactly what you're saying you like so much about Craig is that you got to watch him age. You got to it's, it's interesting to see a young spy, but it's it's a lot more interesting when you get to see the spy become old. It's just, I mean, not to bring Indiana Jones again, but Indiana Jones is so much more interesting when you look at his age and where he's at in his life is such an, an important part of each movie. And it's going to, like, affect both him and Bond's decisions of how dangerous a spy or an archaeologist they're going to be today. Not the man I knew ten years ago. It's not the years. It's the mileage. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I think think what they kind of... With Skyfall, they tried to do kind of a, oh, where does Bond stand now as a, as a artifact of society or whatever like they kind of try to do the like you know bond is older now what do you what does he what does he represent and i, I have to ask lee since you're our featured guest and resident right. expert all right. self-proclaimed uh all right. fan all right. aficionado uh, are you more of a casino royale guy or more of a skyfall guy because i'm more personally of a skyfall guy i would absolutely say that i'm more of a skyfall guy but you can't okay. have skyfall Yes. Without yeah. Casino Royale, you need to see the guy starting. It, it, Skyfall wouldn't wouldn't matter if you didn't have this character that you were with over a whole yeah. bunch of movies. You wouldn't care. It's, it's, it's definitely older. picking up a lot of the weight of the other movies and and sort of using that. And, and I'm surprised that this is uh, like we read in the fun facts. This is the first Bond film where you're essentially seeing a Bond, uh, where you're seeing an agent start from scratch, because it seems like such an obvious origin story rather than just. Here's a spy who's already really good at everything. Watch him be really good at everything and not have any real flaws for the next two-ish hours. 
I mean, not not that Daniel Craig is struggling by any means. No, but but I mean, especially if you look at some of the other, and I'm not like so well versed in Bond. Like I've seen a few of them. I've seen all the Craig ones. I've seen a few of the other ones, but um, the best ones generally tend to be the ones that treat him as a character and not as a vehicle for action set pieces. I mean, obviously you need those, but yeah, like this. What I think this movie does really well is that with every action set piece it's revealing character like you've got that opening you got that opening chase where oh he's very reckless he's causing all this damage and you know that should reveal something when he leaves the villain's hot wife to go chase after his henchman or whatever like that shows oh he's all about the mission like mm, you like married women don't do james that keeps things simple like yeah. he's cr- he's crazy he will cause a lot of mayhem and destruction but he's kind of an asshole like that that's what he is and with each you know it's all about revealing character uh which which again you 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 see that with that with casino royale and then quantum of solace it kind of doesn't be be, become like that and then you see that again with skyfall and then specter is kind of i don't know i think it tries to be character based but it's not it's not it's not it's not great too fantastical you lose something Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a great scene where he gets shot with the nail gun in Venice. Mm. Yeah. And he fights for like a minute or two left, and then he rips the nail out afterwards. And it's just like totally another character adding thing where it's just like, oh my god, he's like a tank. Yeah. yeah. Like he he just he just go like works through pain completely, as opposed to just being like a, a untouchable. Which which this movie does so well in showing, you know his pain i feel i feel like you know the scene where he gets poisoned that's it's kind of that's kind of a shocking scene for a bond movie because i feel like a lot of people haven't seen bond movies but they know everything about bond like they know oh shaken not stirred the girls the you know whatever and so i think if you are a first time bond viewer it does a good way of playing off of those expectations by giving you a scene like that where Oh right, he is actually in peril. This is a dangerous situation. I, I I was gonna say seeing Bond on his back, like and and seeing him get like tor- tortured near the end, as unpleasant as it is to view a torture scene. Seeing a hero and what a torture scene it is. That's like well, so ridiculous. uncomfortable. Yeah, to uh, yeah to just get your genitals so thoroughly mutilated. You are a funny man, Mister Bond. Ah! Yeah! Ah! I died. Yes, because no matter what you do, I'm not going to give you the password, which means your clients are going to hunt you down and cut you into little pieces of meat while you're still breathing. Because if you kill me, there'll be nowhere else to hide. Uh, well, I saw that in theaters, and I'm pretty sure every time you just heard that thing whip around and smack, every guy in the theater was just like, ooh. Uh, oh! um, but, I, but I will say in... Movies like this, where people's common complaints are the main character is OP, there's no consequences, nothing bad's ever going to happen to them. Uh, when you're seeing Daniel Craig get his junk just absolutely wrecked, and he's still cracking jokes, and he's not going to give away the password, I'm like, this is my guy. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm all fucking for it. My my only problem, I mean, I guess we can move a little bit into what what doesn't work personally. Yeah. Um, my my only problem with this movie is that I think the last forty minutes to an hour, uh, hours too long. Pro, 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 the last forty minutes, everything after the Lashif stuff. I don't know what it is, but it feels like the movie is like have ending after ending after like it just keeps I, chugging along. I, I I I couldn't agree with you more. After Lashif died, I was like, maybe we're gonna cut to black, uh, fade to black, and then after him and the girl like do a really passionate kiss, and seemingly it's gonna be a nice ending. Thought we were gonna end, and. I just kept looking at the time code, and I was like, I'm kind of tired. Like, I, I kind of want this to be over now. Um, I agree that there it's 15 minutes too long somewhere. I, th- I think it's, I think when you, uh, the way you put it where uh, you said that, like, having all of those extra henchmen at the beginning, I think that kind of causes problems later on. Because I don't, I really like all of the stuff that happens uh, in the in the latter half of the movie, because mm-hmm. I think coming back to that scene where uh, Bond gets poisoned, that's another character building moment for him and Vesper, and they, you know, they get to bond a little bit, and and seeing that get broken apart, it's actually upsetting. So I really like what they do in the ending. I think that maybe there's too much action, almost like too many action sequences, or the action yeah. sequences they have should be cut down a little. I don't know what it is. They definitely had to show. Vesper and Bond having some type of happy ever after. A to little then rip bit it out. And then, they, yeah, they just tear your chest out. Like, they, they get on a sailboat. They're cruising around the Mediterranean. They're happy. Mm-hmm. They're sleeping at luxury hotels and on beaches. And when it all builds up to that scene where Vesper, like, locks herself in the ele- uh, elevator. Uh-huh. And she's drowning. I, did I, you That's kind like of a really heart-wrenching scene. Uh, yeah, and you expect him to swim down there, rip the gate open, grab her, and go up. Watching her drown, and then and them filming the whole thing. I I thought it meant so much more to me because literally during the cage scene, I was like, she's been under there for too long, and they're still gonna and she and still he's gonna resuscitate her, and it's gonna piss me off. And her final moments being like, I just want you to like touch my face, and I'm just gonna like voluntarily die, and especially. 10 minutes later when you learn that she struck a deal for Bond's life after the roller coaster of me thinking are already complimenting the movie for being like oh you made her a villain that's awesome like after I trusted her the whole fucking movie you're gonna yank out the rug and then switcheroo switcheroo on the switcheroo triple agent she was a good guy and it made the last 20 minutes worthwhile even though I was seriously looking at the clock and, and it also I think when you get that you know, Emma's trying to convince Bond that, like, look, like, that the whole thing wasn't a lie. She did love you. She struck this deal for you. And he still says, like, the bitch is dead. The bitch is dead. And- if you do need time. Why should I need more time? Job's done. The bitch is dead. And I love that line because it's like, oh, this is why... You know, I mean, obviously, this is not in the same continuity as the other Bond movies, but it, it will kind of retroactively give you a reason. That's why Bond is cold. That's why Bond is this sort of, uh, he'll go through many women. He doesn't give a shit, you know, whatever. He's afraid to get attached. He's been burned too many times. Exactly. And and, and it, it, what the movie does a great job of, I think, is even though it subverts so many of these expectations of Bond movies, 
it's still it's kind of i mean i think skyfall's i think that's the pinnacle i don't know how they beat that i don't know if they ever will for me but i think casino royale is like it has everything it has like the boats it has the happily ever after ending it has the betrayal ending it has it has everything you could want in a bond movie while still being a an origin of bond movie and i don't know how the other villains compare but i think mads mickelson is awesome oh he, he kills kills it, it. And, he and we learned, absolutely kills it and we learned from last week's episode he wasn't even supposed to be the villain yeah he, he oh, was wait, i didn't listen to the whole thing who was supposed to be the villain she didn't mention, but it was supposed to be some French actor, but producers were worried that, you know, people wouldn't like that, or they, they, it wasn't a known actor or something like that. But he was uh, like a last minute. So thing. it was a last minute switcheroo where he literally, he didn't meet the director, he didn't meet any of the actors, he just went into costume, got into costume, immediately started filming. Yeah. So it's I a mean, testament to how good he is. At, he's fantastic at everything he's in. If you can watch yeah. more stuff with Mads in it, he's so, really great at everything. I could be wrong, but I was like, huh, they just killed the villain with like 40 minutes left. He's totally going to come back. <laughs> um, so he, does, he, he doesn't come back later in the franchise? No. They, they show pictures of him. Okay. He's but mentioned, but he's, he's never brought Are there back any return a... villains? Or once you're dead, are you dead? No, you're dead. I, for some reason, they never showed Batista dying in... No, he just gets thrown out the train, right? Yes, but how amazing would it be in yeah. No Time to Die where he like shows up again? <laughs> I would start screaming in the theater if he yeah. showed up again. Batista is also just as far as like wrestling actors go, he's I think he's the I think he's way better than The Rock. I think like yeah. I think he's phenomenal just in everything that he's in. I, I think it's a good thing that this franchise or like this iteration of the franchise is done of uh generally the stakes are pretty real. I mean, I think Quantum of Solace kind of goes crazy with the action. Spectre goes a little crazy with the action, but they're pretty good at maintaining a level of realism or stakes. You know, like they're not resurrecting characters left and right. You know, Bond girls can die. You know, the first movie has its Bond girl die. So I think it sets a really good tone for the rest of it where it's like, you know, anything can happen just because there's a formula doesn't mean we won't break it kind of like when you watch game of thrones that game of thrones was such a big deal it was supposed to be more realistic like you can't you know you can't fight you know five guys at the same time and just come out on top like no one does that there's mm. real stakes in game of thrones consequence you, you could constantly be afraid for every single character and you never knew it was going to happen because people were able to die and yeah. what happened is that they lost at the end and i don't even want to talk about it uh there's the, yeah, the end I, of game of thrones is a uh... don't even want i don't even want to talk about it but i love that but yeah no no definitely and i it makes me wonder for this no time to die is he gonna die i mean i i don't want him to so has a bond ever died before i don't think so no i don't think so no no I I, i wouldn't count it out i don't think they're afraid to because i feel like they've already broken a lot of rules with this iteration and i i'm not saying i want bond to die i feel like they, if they do him dying, it would have to be. It would have to make sense, and it would ha- within the structure of whatever movie they're putting I, I, out. I, I was just gonna say, from a narrative perspective, it's like if you're gonna do a full arc and like you know have a villain and defeat him, how are how is this story gonna end with you dying in the last five minutes? 
it'll yeah. make it it'll make it weird for them to I mean get the next actor on board if he if he died kind of even I, though it's not the same Bond it would be yeah. a little weird if he died and they're like Idris Elba as Bond it's like for some reason it just logically you're like well the character's still alive but obviously they can't have the same actor forever and yeah. so it's uh, we all shrug our shoulders when they plop in a new person and we just are asked not to question it but if you kill off the character and then you wait like less than five years you're gonna have a little bit of whiplash like you just killed this guy like it's it's gonna feel kind of like with with the marvel movies how i was just gonna i was just gonna bring up okay the well comics. please please go ahead no it, it, there's no consequences if every time you kill captain america you bring him back exactly i, I was i was just gonna say Nothing's with like the marvel real. movies with the marvel movies avengers endgame like for me at least when i was watching that i was like this is great and now it's done. Like, I don't, I don't know that, you know, you create this really beautiful, specific ending, and it's kind of hard to be like, and now Spider-Man's on his antics. You know, it's going to be very, if they, if they kill off Bond, it'll be a really weird thing to be like, but, like, come for the next one. It, like, that, that's going to feel weird. I don't yeah. Know. The, the, the Marvel movies are going to run into the same problem as the comics, where eventually you're just not going to care because Spider-Man's going to save the day. Very, everything's gonna be fine. Like you're you're there for the ride. You already know the journey. It's why after 600 issues of the Amazing Spider-Man, it, everything feels inconsequential because you're like, well, we've done this 599 times. We're gonna yeah. a, a villain's gonna break out of jail. I mean, I guess this is the inherent flaw of all comic books, but a villain's gonna break out of jail, and by the end of of the issue, he's gonna be back in jail. Of all and- like serialized storytelling, really, because it's like. If, if you want to tie it back to Bond, this, like, the Daniel Craig series kind of almost feels like this weird mini-series in the James Bond franchise, which, like, if you look at comic books, I've always preferred, like, non-canon, I mean, who gives a shit the about canon, is. but, yeah, yeah they're like, but... okay, here's a mini-series, you know, and yeah. we can do whatever we want in the constraints of this miniseries, but people can die, people can live, and whatever it is, it's its own universe. And this James Bond universe, it, it's kind of like that. Like, it's kind of... What I like about it is, like you were saying, Lee, about how they are sort of carrying... Over, I mean, we wish they did this more, but they're carrying, carrying over elements from previous movies into the, the next movies and whatever. Um, the Bond movies before this have kind of been one-offs in that... Each one is its own thing. What thing does he solve this time? What th- what thing does he stop this time? And this is the first time, to my knowledge, that it's like an overarching story. And it's when you have No Time to Die that comes out, you'll have five films that tell a complete, imperfect, but complete story. Yeah, and that's why they need to devote more time to all the characters around Bond. Yeah. Because Bond's going to live, right? Like, they're not going to kill yeah. Bond. Even if they do it in one movie, like, there's going to be Bond movies until we're dead and our, oh, we have kids. Like, yes. there's going to be Bond movies. But it's so about what they you... do with the side characters, because that's really only the variables you have a lot of creative yes. leeway with. And watching how all of that changes Bond throughout the movies. Yeah. Because if you're going to change the formula, like, people will be mad if Bond, for whatever reason, isn't Bond anymore. But where your flexibility is, is everything surrounding him. Because, but Bond can't suddenly be a suburban guy and not do spy stuff. Because people wouldn't come to see the movie. Yeah, they'd no, reject it, that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, like, that's why people loved Q so much from the old movies. You got to see a returning character, and he had this cool relationship with Bond. It grounded him. You had M, who started out, like, 
she knew Bond was competent, but she was like, you're like a pig. You're like misogynistic, like Cold War relic. But then the Daniel Craig stuff, she's more motherly. Yeah. And like a mentor. It's almost like the X-Men where, <laughs> like, it's kind of weird in the X-Men, but like the character of Rogue and X and uh, Wolverine, sometimes like Wolverine is like an older brother to her or like a father figure. Sometimes they're kind of in love or whatever. I mean, that's kind of a weird example, but my point being when you create the new um versions you you like you were saying trent with all the variables you can mix and match them where m is sometimes like just a boss to bond in this version she's like they make a whole deal out of the fact that he's an orphan and that she is um, like his a mother role. And kind of yeah. like a mother figure yeah i think it's really interesting that they can do that so uh, you were talking earlier about Batman Begins, and before you even mentioned that, I wrote, Lashif dies in kind of an ins- in- insignificant way, and it reminded me of Catwoman shooting Bane in The Dark Knight Rises, where it's like mm. your pro- your protagonist is at his worst. He's about to get sh- you know shot in the face or have his you know have his testicles you know hit into ob- oblivion, and then. A third party kind of comes out of out of nowhere and just shoots him, and then that's the end of that. And I thought Mads and and Daniel Craig might, I don't know, they deserve some final words. Oh, I have to kill you now. You all just have to imagine the fire. <sighs> About the whole no guns thing. I'm not sure I feel as strongly about it as you do. I mean, they could have played it better, but I'm pretty sure that was how um, Ian Fleming wrote it in the novel. Yeah, it's it's a pretty faithful adaptation of the book. I never read the novel, but I, I so I don't know. But um, who is the guy who comes in and kills him? By the way, uh, Mr. White. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that leads to my next question. And uh, there's a point in every episode where I'm really confused about a basic plot point, and then and here I have who the fuck is Mr. White? Because he seemed important to the end of the movie, and you he was who got killed at the very end when he delivered his awesome line, Bond, James Bond, and that's an awesome way to go out. But what he, got, he thing- got shot in the leg. He didn't get killed. Then Bond threw him in the yeah, trunk. It's, it's, that's how Quantum starts. Oh. And yeah, Quantum is a direct. Quantum is a direct yeah. sequel. Oh, so Mr. White, White's important going forward. Yes, Unless and Mr. White is the yeah. father. And then he comes back in Spectre, of, right? Yes, he's her father. He's Bond's... Uh, what What was her name, the French actress? The, her, his new Eva Green? love interest? No, not Eva Oh, oh Leia Sado. Leia Sado. Her character is Mr. White's daughter. They make references that he works for a secret organization throughout the movies, or at least throughout Casino Royale and uh, Quantum of Solace, and then... That leads into Spectre. All right. Do we want to enter the ratings gauntlet? Sure. Cool. Um, Explain to Lee so that he's not eternally confused. The ratings gauntlet, essentially, we started off with just a 1 out of 10 rating, and then we thought, well, we should make a gauntlet out of it. So then we talk about, would you... Suggest it to a friend, and do you rewatch this movie? I rewatch this movie every once in a while, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give this a ten out of ten. Cool, Ooh. absolutely. 
Come yeah, on. I get. Is this your first time on a podcast? Such a. It could be your last. Is that our first ten out of ten? I mean, given? come on. Yeah, like there, there are no perfect movies, but this gives this you pretty everything damn close. you want. And I would absolutely recommend it. Trent. So I thought this is a good movie, and it's almost impossible to complain about. I love action. I like intrigue. I like spies. This has it all. No interest in rewatching this film. Uh, kind of, like, see, Daniel Craig, I could see watching the next four, but g- moving backwards, I don't think I have any interest in watching the previous Bond films. But now that I've already put in a few hours of legwork, I'd, I'd see No Time to Die. Um, and what do I give this? Probably like a Would seven. you recommend this? Would I recommend this? Yes, because it's just like clearly objectively a good movie. And since it's everyone I've spoken to says this is in the top three Bond movies, if you're going to like the Bond movies, this might be one of them. Um, and it also seems like a good place to start for the modern Bond era. Because if you've never seen yeah. a Bond movie, you're not going to watch Skyfall. I mean, you could, but you know, you're catching. You probably shouldn't. You're catching a Bond in the middle of his arc. So I, I think this is a good place to start. And I'm going to give it a 7 5. I can acknowledge its greatness, but it's not my kind of movie. Yeah. Um, I'm going to echo pretty much what you guys said. I, would, I rewatch this. I, every now and then I try to go through like the the whole series. Not the entire Bond series, but the Daniel Craig series. And so I rewatch this uh, relatively often. Um, I would 100% recommend this to someone, especially to someone that is kind that, that hasn't seen a Bond movie because um, it's kind of a good starting off point and like we said it'll subvert some of their expectations so it's it's kind of an interesting one wait i have a quick question go ahead are any of the future daniel craig bond movies even remotely as related to gambling as this one because here it's like he's a spy but his like big thing is that he's really good at poker uh i it's kind of yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's what he gambles every damn day he it's never. It's kind of big in this movie. But it's not big in a, in the other movies. Yeah. So far as I'm. So far as so far as I understand. Definitely rewatch this. Definitely recommend this. I'm gonna give this. Hmm. I'm gonna give this an eight. Cool. Um, if we ever do Skyfall, Lee, uh, uh, that's gonna be my answer. Um, oh, dude, uh, we, dude. If we ever do Skyfall, we'll be back. Yeah. Lee's yeah. second pod. Yeah, let's do um, it again. Come on. That's that's. I think this is really good. I think the second half drags on a little bit. Yeah, you're leaving room for improvement. And yeah, and I know what the peak is for me. So it's like I I know where the stands. So this has to be knocked down. A I knew Skyfall was going to be the best movie ever the second Adele started singing yeah. that opener. That's a great song. Talk about picking the perfect person Definitely. for your movie. <laughs> just about wraps it up lee thank you so much for coming on we appreciate you your time your me, input guys. your thoughts your analysis you really are the full package in a podcast guest thank you very much trent and parth thank you very much for having yes. me yes 
It's, of course. I think you're like you're more James Bond esque than you are not James Bond. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, uh, dude. I this man, I was sitting here just trying to surround myself with things that were James Bond like. I have like a like a watch. Cool. Oh, I have, like okay. I have like I have like a spear gun next to me. What's that spear gun all about? Shooting fish. Oh. Also. I- also, come on, James Bond shoots people with spear guns in, like, one Definitely. or two of the movies. Yeah, no. Probably in the next movie, he's going to shoot someone with a spear gun. And on that note, <laughs> I think, goodbye. I think, I, well, wait, we have to, we have to te- what comes tease next? what's coming. Come on, yeah. Trent, have you forgotten your own show? Parth, tell the, tell the little boys and girls at home what happens next. So embarrassing. Uh, yeah, next week we talk with Evan Morgan. Am I correct in that assumption? Uh, I think. You oh wanted... fuck! No, I fucked yeah. it up. I was gonna say. Oh, it's, maybe it's, I it's... forgot the show. It's, inter- it's Interstellar. It's Interstellar, week. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We we talk with John Lee. Sorry about that. The assistant editor. Yeah, he he was assistant editor for Interstellar, and he's worked on all of the Nolan movies. He, Batman he, Begins onwards. He edited Inception. He for four months before Lee Smith came on. He's yeah. currently editing Black Adam for DC. Uh, he was super cool. You get some yeah. Cool... Most importantly. He was really nice to us. Yeah. He answered all he, of our questions. He, he said really nice things to us, and uh, it made us feel good for a little bit. Which for a brief means moment. more than all of his career accomplishments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you got you got a nice little. Oh, and uh, to to tease you guys, you got a you got a tease beautiful him. little you got a beautiful little Tom Cruise story. That's right, yeah. exclusive. But then uh, to to work off Parth's uh, glaring mistake from earlier, two weeks from now, then the Evan Morgan interview. Yeah, then then that's our first director, first first writer director on the show. Everyone, yeah, it's a good movie, eh? Hey, see what uh, I did there? Because yeah. Canada. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. th- that's uh, follow us that. on our social media. Write us a good review. Give us five stars. Yep. I think I think we settled it. Yep. Have See we? you next week. <laughs> <laughs>